Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 347. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. This week's episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now, for all you prescribers out there... Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. This episode is sponsored by the Receptionist for iPad. It's the highest rated digital check-in software for therapy offices and behavioral health clinics used by thousands of practitioners across the country. Sign up for a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash therapy chat. And when you do, you'll also receive a $25 Amazon gift card. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. And today, I'm so honored to be bringing you a conversation that I mentioned in last week's episode was coming up. It's my interview with Zabi Yamasaki. Now, if you've listened to Therapy Chat, you know that I started my career in the mental health field and in trauma work in a sexual assault crisis center 20 years ago. And that's where my passion for trauma and helping people heal from traumatic experiences was born. This week, you're going to hear me talking with Zabi, who is a wonderful teacher, advocate, trainer, speaker, and she's a survivor. She's the founder of Transcending Sexual Trauma Through Yoga, which is a very popular Instagram page and program. And Zabi has trained thousands of yoga instructors and mental health professionals, and her trauma-informed yoga program and curriculum for survivors is now being implemented at over 25 college campuses and agencies, including the University of California system, Stanford, USC, University of Notre Dame, and Johns Hopkins University. Zabi received her undergraduate degree in psychology and social behavior and education at the UC Irvine and completed her graduate degree in higher education administration and student affairs 
at the George Washington University. Her work has been highlighted on CNN, NBC, KTLA 5, and the Huffington Post, and her book, Trauma-Informed Yoga for Survivors of Sexual Assault, was published by W.W. Norton and Company on January 11th, 2022. And it now has an accompanying card deck to guide through the practices. You can purchase the card deck with the book, or you can purchase the two separately. And we have a link in the show notes for you to find that, as well as links to Zabi's website. The subject, sexual trauma, is very sensitive. And since so many people are survivors or love someone who's a survivor or know someone who's a survivor, I just want to remind you that you have the choice to pause this episode at any time. If you feel uncomfortable, if you're finding yourself feeling overwhelmed, or something's getting activated, it's okay to just pause, take a break, and tend to your own needs. That's always the invitation. So let's not spend any more time with me talking about it. Let's just get right into my conversation with Zabi Yamasaki. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. And today I'm so pleased and honored to be speaking with Zabi Yamasaki. Zabi, thank you so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today. Oh, well, thank you so much, Laura, for having me. It's such an honor to be here and be in community with all of you. Awesome. It's so great to be talking with you. I'm excited because I've been following your work for a very long time. Um, I bought your course on uh, yoga for sexual trauma. And now when I saw you had a book, I was like, oh, heck, I'm going to try to get her to come on the podcast. And I'm so grateful that you were able to do it. So let's we'll dive into talking about your new book and your work. But let's start off by you just telling our audience a little more about who you are and what you do. Of course. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Zabi Yamasaki, and I'm the founder of an organization called Transcending Sexual Trauma Through Yoga, which is an organization with a very simple mission, empowering survivors of sexual assault to heal through the practice of trauma-informed yoga. I work as a consultant for about 40 different college campuses and trauma agencies and helping them integrate trauma-informed yoga into the scope of their work. It's been a really exciting time where a lot of institutions and agencies are recognizing that we can no longer leave the body out of the equation when we're talking about healing from trauma. And so it's, it's been just an incredible journey to support folks with integrating this modality into the scope of their work. My passion is really training yoga teachers, mental health professionals, and other healing professionals in um, how to integrate trauma-informed yoga into clinical practice, into yoga classes that they're teaching, um, and to complement other modalities that they may be integrating into their healing practice. And yes, my book was, was just published in January and the Affirmation Deck trauma-informed for survivors. I'm excited to talk more about that, but that's a little bit about my journey. And, you know, this work is, is my love. It's my life. It's my passion. And I just feel so honored to share about it with all of you today. Oh, I'm so, I'm so glad that you had time for this and what you're doing is really important. 
I'm glad that, you know, more universities and agencies are including, I guess, trauma-informed yoga for sexual trauma. Is that what it's your method is called? Yeah, I would, I, you know, when I'm talking about it, I typically say trauma-informed yoga for survivors of sexual assault. And I think in many ways, you know, trauma-informed yoga is serving as an entry point for survivors to get connected to additional means of support. I think a lot of these universities were struggling to create an accessible avenue um, for survivors to feel safe seeking support within their centers. Because as we know, you know, the, the crisis intervention or talk therapy or advocacy, it's not always the best entry point for every survivor. Every survivor is going to heal differently. And what we've found at many of these universities and agencies is that when survivors are given the tools to find safety and stability within their nervous system, you know, we typically teach the program within an eight-week series format that after going through that process, they then felt ready to schedule that appointment for therapy, or they then felt ready to speak with an advocate about everything that they were carrying, or they might've felt empowered to report what had happened to them if that felt like a safe and accessible option to them. But I think there's so many barriers that survivors of sexual assault in particular deal with systemically of oh, you should report, or you should tell this person, or you need to go get medical care. And if you think about it, just within the spectrum of services and support, how can we continue to send survivors through these various systems without giving them the tools to tend to their own nervous system while they navigate all of the, the barrage of information that's coming at them while simultaneously tending to their wounds, you know? So that was a, probably a really long answer. Um, oh, it's perfect. I, I was actually, context. yeah, as you were talking, I was thinking, I'm so glad about what you just said about the barriers. And I was thinking it might be helpful for our listeners if you could kind of just give an overview of like, you know, when you mentioned crisis services and advocacy, kind of like what that structure is that is the umbrella of services that typically are offered to survivors? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's such a great, it's such a great question and, and a, a frame and sort of foundation. You know, I, I think about this, I wish I could show the image, maybe we can link to it in the show notes at some point, but you know, there's this image that comes to mind of there is a survivor who's holding a sign and it says, you know, I, I had to tell my resident assistant and then I had to tell my professor and then I had to tell this person and then I tried to report it to the police and then I talked to you know, three other survivors who had been harmed by this person. And it's such a, you know, every time I see it, it just, I feel so much within my body because what the survivor is sharing in particular is that they had to share their story over and over and over again. So often, not only feeling victimized by the assault itself, but then again by the system, because they were oftentimes met by folks who did not believe them, or maybe didn't have an understanding of the neurobiology of trauma and why it's so hard to 
explain what happened in a linear account. I mean, there's so much that survivors carry as they navigate the world and as they navigate living with trauma. And, you know, so often in terms of the the services that they're presented with, just back to your original question, it's oftentimes, you know, here's this 24-hour hotline that you can call. If you are interested in getting a forensic exam, here's where you have to go. If you want to be accompanied by a police officer, then here's who you call. If you need housing support, here's another, you know, case manager or advocate that you can call. You know, it's so, the the services are so compartmentalized. Very much. You know, if you think about it, you oftentimes hear, you know, healing is not a linear process. You know, as a survivor myself, I was sexually assaulted in 2007 and now in 2022, I'm still, I still have those memories are so visceral. There's something that can happen. I might be in a yoga class and a teacher places their hands on me without my consent. And I can be placed right back in that experience of trauma as if it's happening in that moment. And survivors deserve so much more than what they're offered. They, they deserve compassion and tenderness and healing and an understanding of the nuances related to the physiological triggers that, that oftentimes arise in this lifelong process and, and what PTSD looks like and, and how so many of us were activated and triggered during the pandemic. And there's a reason for that. You know, there's just, um, it's why I feel so passionate about what I do because I think it's, it's really this interconnection of the mind, body, soul, spirit, and looking at things holistically we really have to, you know, Molly Bader Harris, she's the director of the, the Breathe Network, and she talks a lot about how we have to step out of our, our typical referrals and our standard practices, she says, to finally meet survivors where they are. And I, I think about her a lot and just I love the way that she she frames it because We've done, sometimes we do things a certain way because we've just done them for so long. And so much of my work is stepping out of that and helping to ground survivors in their own worthiness. Mm. Uh, And I think, you know, reminding them that they're enough just as they are. I think that's one of the greatest forms of love and care and compassion that we can offer. And, you know, my work with trauma-informed yoga is really helping to get folks to that place of post-traumatic growth, of building neuroplasticity, of, of rewiring and repatterning repattern- their nervous system in a way that allows for more space and flow. Because I think when we have been living in survival mode for so long, it's really scary to not be able to know the difference between safety and danger. And um, safety is to really feel that embodied sense of safety in your body after experiencing this type of violation is, you know, it's a lifelong journey and it's an honor for me to, to support folks in that journey. Yes. Beautiful. And I I just feel like I want to add to what you said about how compartmentalized some of those services 
are. You work in a lot of colleges and universities. And so I know that as someone who's worked in sexual, the field of ending sexual violence for a very long time myself, it's like there's the criminal legal process in the city or state where you live or territory. And then there's the college process. Or if you're in the military, there's the military process. So you know, there's like multiple avenues. And in colleges, they tell everyone to report to their Title IX coordinator. So a lot of people never report to city or state authorities, and they do it through the college process. And it's like two tracks. So and then there's the civil process that's also a possibility. So it's good that there are many avenues for people to get help or to try to hold someone accountable for their actions. But it's also really confusing and very, very overwhelming when someone's in crisis following a traumatic event to try to even understand how to navigate those systems. Exactly. It's exactly what you say. You know, I, I think a lot about that when, you know, you think about a survivor who's trying to navigate their, their college experience and they've experienced sexual assault and then they're presented with this option of going to the Title IX office and the school conducts an investigation. And then simultaneously, they may be going through that criminal justice process. As you said, you know, sometimes survivors will do both. Sometimes they'll do one, sometimes they'll do none. But to then continue to try to go through, to go to classes and perhaps see the the person who's harmed you on campus and to try to function, you know, it, it's so, it's so much, the, the burden is so great, which is, again, why I felt so passionate about integrating this program and this modality into these large institutions that are, again, so compartmentalized and so intellectual. I'm like, we can't intellectualize our way out of the healing process. This Mm -hmm. is a full mind, body, spirit journey. And so to say, oh, I'm just going to report, you know, or for folks telling a survivor, you just need to go here and then go do this. And, you know, so much of the power and control was already taken away during the assault and during the trauma. And then again, through these systems, and we're asking them to move in a, in a very disembodied way, you know, because sometimes mm. we have to do that to survive. I know I was dissociated for, for many, many months during my collegiate experience in the aftermath of trauma, just trying to survive. And so even having so much grace and, and compassion and tenderness as we unpack the various trauma symptoms we experience during this time, because in many ways, I love um, Dr. Jen Hardy. She says something, she says, when we begin to understand that much of what we think of as symptoms are actually survival strategies, we make space for compassion and healing. And that's Dr. I just love that so much because so many survivors take on additional self-blame when it's hard to rest or it's hard to take care of themselves when they've been living in survival mode and their body is, is trying to figure out what, what's going to support them in their journey. 
And um, that's just personally been such a, you know, so healing for me to think about trauma symptoms in that way. Mm-hmm. And not like, you're not a, this is not another thing you need to fix. You know, it's, we can do this and we'll get there. But again, it's, the, I think the self-compassion is, is so, so integral to the healing process. Oh my gosh. I agree with you. And, you know, I appreciate you sharing about your experience. And as I was listening to what you said, I was thinking about, and I thought about it when you first started talking about how people who encounter survivors often don't understand the neurobiology of trauma. So they don't realize what they're seeing in this person who's sitting in front of them is a trauma reaction. So they think, you know, maybe the person is, you know, who knows what kind of judgment they might make about their, their statements, or they don't seem like that something happened to them. They seem like they're acting normal. And, you know, when you said I was dissociated for many months, I know that we don't know when that happens. Like, I know that when someone as we're talking about survivors, we're talking about everybody, anybody, because anybody this can happen to. And then you're a survivor and, but you don't like you're, when this happens, you know, it was something terrible, but at the same time, you're trying to feel normal, you know? Yes. And that's the great protective function of dissociation, but Mm -hmm. it's also confusing both to the survivor and anyone that they're talking with who doesn't understand trauma reactions. Exactly. It's why so many survivors feel like the pain that they carry is invisible, you know, and I love what Tarana Burke, who is the the founder of the Me Too movement, I heard her speak a few years ago and something that she said was, you know, in every space that I enter, I just have this awareness that there are survivors in this space and it helps me show up with, with grace and compassion and nuance and, It's something that I carry with me into every trauma-informed yoga class that I teach, into every training that I lead, into writing this book. You know, so often survivors are the ones who go into this field, whether as, you know, trauma-informed yoga instructors or mental health professionals, clinicians, you know, to give back. I think that can be so finding that, that meaning and being able to give back and to help others in their healing journey. And then I think about, you know, all the trainings that I've been to and all of the books that I've read. And there's not always, they're not always written from that perspective that there are many survivors themselves who are reading this book, who are also at the intersection of their careers in this field. And when I wrote my book, that was something that was so important to me because again, coming back to this concept of we can't, you know, intellectualize our way out of the healing process. I, I used to try to do that, you know, like if I could just read all the books and if I could just get all the information and if I could just from an intellectual perspective, understand what's happening in my body then maybe that will be, you know, the missing piece in my healing journey. And while it was very validating and informative, and I think having that psychoeducation can be very powerful, it's, it's not the whole story. And so I wrote the book from the lens of, you know, as you're reading this, if you notice that 
there's a trigger arising in your body, or if you feel overwhelmed by the statistics that you just read, or if you're starting to learn about your own trauma symptoms that have remained dormant for some time, because, you know, PTSD is really the body's way of communicating to us that we have this undigested sensory residue that wants to be processed. And sometimes when we're triggered, it can light those parts up of the body. And so I wanted to invite folks to rest as they were reading the book, to go slow, to maybe flip to some of the practices at the end of the book, to know that they didn't need to rush themselves through this process because I wanted it to feel healing as they went through it. And as we know, healing can't, can't be rushed. It's, it's a lifelong process and it's really being compassionate with ourselves as, as we continue to learn and grow and change and evolve. That's what, what healing really is, you know? Right. Running a group private practice has been a challenging and rewarding experience, and one thing that has made it so much easier is Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. If you're coming from another EHR, like I did, Therapy Notes makes the transition incredibly easy, importing your demographic data free of charge so you can get going right away. My team has found Therapy Notes very easy to learn. It's intuitive. The customer support is second to none. And that's one of the things that has kept me a Therapy Notes customer for several years now. Anytime I've needed to contact Therapy Notes for help with an issue I couldn't figure out on my own, I've been able to get through to someone and resolve the issue within 15 minutes, 99% of the time. Find out what more than 100,000 mental health professionals already know. Try Therapy Notes for two months absolutely free. Just click on the link in the show notes or enter the promo code chat at therapynotes.com. Therapist, has this ever happened to you? You're sitting with a client in the thick of a therapy session, fully focused on the important work that's happening between you and the client. Suddenly, 30 minutes into the session, from down the hall, you hear the door to your office suite open. You and your current client were the only people in the suite, but now someone has come in. You're distracted from your current client as your anxiety shoots through the roof. Is it your new client who's scheduled to meet with you in 30 minutes, but your current session has 20 more minutes to go and you don't want to interrupt this client's process to go check on who's there? Are they wandering through the suite looking for a receptionist? Is it a delivery person here to drop off a package that needs a signature? Are they about to come knocking on the therapy room door? Is it your neighbor from across the hall dropping off a piece of your mail that was left at their address? You hear the door close. Did they leave? This has happened to me so many times over the years. As I anxiously anticipated this session with the new client, I would worry they were feeling anxious or abandoned because they weren't greeted when they got to the office. Now you don't have to worry, and your clients can relax too, knowing that you have a discreet, stress-free way for them to check in when they arrive for their appointment. The receptionist for iPad is a simple, inexpensive way to allow your clients to discreetly check in, to notify providers of a patient's arrival, and to ensure your front lobby is stress-free. The software sends an immediate notification to the therapist when a client checks in and can even ask if any patient information has changed since their last visit. Sign up for a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash therapy chat. And when you do, you'll also receive a $25 Amazon gift card. 
Yeah. It's not just like I'm thinking about the college analogy of like, just go talk to the Title IX coordinator. It's like you need to late add a class or withdraw without penalty. All you do is take this form and just get it signed. You know, it's not like that. <laughs> oh, it's, that is such a powerful analogy, Laura. <laughs> it's such a powerful analogy that, that, that even people on the outside being witness to a survivor's experience could think if only it could be just mm-hmm. filling out this form and checking this box off, you know, yeah. it, Oh, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for part two of the podcast. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it feels like that this problem of sexual violence is something that, you know, we in our culture, we still don't want to see, even though we, you know, the Me Too movement was huge and is huge and at the same time, there's, there's a trial going on right now where, you know, there's those same messages are being spread in the popular culture. I'm not even going to say anything specific about it, but you know, it's, we don't want to know this truth that sexual violence is so common, but we can't end it if we don't realize the reality of it, you know? Exactly. And, you know, also if we, survivors deserve the the oh, that for folks to have the awareness that healing can be lifelong i think yeah. in our westernized culture of of the hustle and the grind and the quick fix to everything and just fast 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 you know it can make the healing process so much more difficult for survivors because they feel so much pressure to rush. And my wish is that folks have more awareness around, you know, I talk about this with my partner all the time. He's so sensitive to the fact that, you know, my trauma does not define me, but it is a, it is a piece of my identity that informs the way I show up in the world and how sensitive my nervous system is and the things that are going to affect me and the triggers that I might experience. And so my wish is, is just for folks to have that greater awareness of just that, that kindness of the way that we move through the world. It's, it's, it's everything. And, you know, I think all of us are dealing with our own silent battles in many ways. And my work is, is really spent trying to see people and, I'll I'll never forget a survivor who walked into one of my classes. And I talk about this in the book, just how important the the physicality of the space is and your supportive presence and, you know, that co-regulation and how even just your presence alone can help bring somebody's nervous system ease. Yes. And, um, you know, she walked into the class and she said, I had never met you before, but I I genuinely felt that you loved me. You know, you put so much intention into the classes and into the setup and into the way that you received each person that stepped into the space. And I'll never forget her saying that because I think at the end of the day, you know, knowing that we're worthy of those things, of that care and compassion, knowing that 
we're enough just as we are. If we came into that class and just wanted to rest on our side for the entire hour, that that would be amazing and perfect and supported. Just to have spaces where we don't have to have our armor on to really feel like, wow, I can rest here. I can finally rest when, when rest has been so challenging for me, or I can, you know, I could just be me just as I am. And I don't have to perform or pretend or be on. We all need more spaces like that in our lives. And it was, this is kind of a tangent, but I think it connects to just this overall concept of, of just kindness in the way that we move through the world. Recently, I, There's a a local coffee shop that I go to and there's a barista that works there who I always, you know, every time I see him, I walk in and hi, how are you? How are you doing? Are you taking your vacation days? Make sure you don't work every day. You know, just, just like that, that connection of, you know, I'm in there pretty much every day getting my coffee. And you know, one day recently he comes up to me and he's like, ma'am, are you a therapist? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no, I'm I'm not a therapist, but I I do work in the healing field. And I shared with him a little bit about my work. and, And then he started, he had tears in his eyes and He says, you know, I just want to thank you for being so compassionate. He's like, you know, people come in here and they treat us like we're less than human and it really wears on me. He's like, but then every time you come in, you really see me and you just, you know, and it just matters and it means so much. And I, you know, I asked him if I could give him a hug, if he was comfortable, because, you know, we're still in in the pandemic and I wanted to, is important. And, um, and I, you know, I, are you comfortable with me giving you a hug? And yes, of course. And it was just such a sacred moment of to pause in the chaos of it all and, and to truly see someone. It, it just is really life changing, you know, and I've had people do that for me in moments when I needed it most, you know, I've like broken down at Trader Joe's or, you know, why is it in the, in the grocery store? <laughs> All the emotions just come. Anything goes there. Anything goes. It's like, oh no, this person just asked me how I am. They're getting their real response. (laughs) (laughs) So I I know it was a bit of a tangent from what we were talking about, but I just think we all need need more of that in our lives. I know. Again, it made me right away what came to mind when you were sharing that both the story about your your yoga space and how the survivor experienced that and then the the barista like trauma one of the questions on the PTSD screening inventories is about well not one of the questions one of the criteria is about how your view of the world as a safe place changes after trauma and so if you're walking around, like you said, armored, because you, you don't see the world as being a safe place yes. and it's not always safe, but there are safe places. So, you know, being able to, whether it's a safe moment in interaction with someone who's really seeing your humanity, I mean, that's really valuable. The spaces where we're trying to do healing work, you know, how do we make it feel as safe as it can for that person with where they are 
you know, they may not feel fully safe, but if they can encounter a space that presents that potential, even that is pretty magnificent. <laughs> it, is. it really is. I, I love the way that you said that just, you know, how hard it is to navigate the world and find these safe places or these safe people. And then also how healing it is when we do have these little moments or these little interactions, because I think also when we can broaden what we think about as healing and how, you know, it's not, okay, I, I went to one therapy session and I'm healed or I did EMDR and now I'm fully healed. You know, it's, I think for me personally, healing happens in those everyday moments mm-hmm. and those everyday interactions where my nervous system is like, oh, wow, I, I feel, I feel flow and I feel ease and I feel my window of tolerance widening. I, I, I can feel my feet on the ground. I, I feel grounded. I can make an informed decision about my needs right now because I've created that, that space and that ease. And, and that happens in those everyday moments. I think it's, it's why I also feel so passionate about those, those little tiny connections in my day, because Mm -hmm. all of those really do add up in, in finding the world to be safe again, or knowing that, that it's possible. Yeah. Right. I just want to emphasize, we're not saying that, oh, the world is just full of sunshine and butterflies (laughs) all the time and everything's perfect. And, oh, what are you worried about? There's no reason not to feel safe. But at the same time that you can find safety even in a moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Zabi, I want to be sure to give you a chance, if you have enough time to tell a little more about how can your book, your affirmation deck, your course be used? Like, who are they for? How can they be helpful? Thank you for, for this question. You know, recently, I, I don't know who said this quote, I read it somewhere that to first to, to write, to write a book, you must first become it. Mm. And it gave, it just gave me all the feels because I've, I just feel that so deeply. I, this book was was really living inside me for a long time before it actually made its way to pen and paper but i it, it was waiting to be unlocked in many ways you know and actually the manuscript came to me more easily than i thought it was going to because i had been talking about these concepts for so many years in trainings i had been doing the work with survivors i would i used to call myself the traveling yogi because i would drive from university to rape crisis center and i would be teaching these eight week trauma informed yoga series and you know it's just lived in me for so long i have definitely become this book so in many ways i wrote the book for multiple audiences and my deborah who's my editor at norton she's so wonderful she's like many authors set out to try to write a book for multiple audiences but it can be very challenging and she's like you managed to write this book speaking to multiple folks and also with this awareness that many survivors are also in the field some survivors will will be reading this book for their own healing journey some mental health professionals may be coming to this book to learn how can I integrate 
various tools or various practices that she covers into my clinical practice. You know, that might be learning how to work with a survivor and and setting an intention for the session, or what are some grounding exercises they might do if they're noticing that they're feeling activated during the session, or how can they maybe close with some seated sun salutations to feel a sense of grounding and ease before re-entering the world. You know, there's so many ways that, you know, the book isn't just for yoga teachers, that the yoga is, is really means union, you know, it's really for everybody. And so I wanted to write the book in an accessible way that if a yoga teacher was trying to learn tools to make their community classes that they're teaching more trauma-informed. Maybe they learn how to lead a trauma-informed shavasana, or perhaps they're learning some empowering and compassionate cues that they can integrate into their work. Or maybe suddenly they're learning about the neurobiology of trauma and how that informs how they show up as a yoga teacher, knowing that there are survivors coming to their classes every single day. It might be for a yoga teacher who's already teaching closed classes to various populations of trauma and trying to learn skills to, you know, continue the lifelong journey that is being a trauma-informed practitioner. Because as we know, it, it's not a, a checklist. It's, it's this lifelong philosophy to committing to doing the work and being aware of our biases and and being grounded in frameworks that are culturally affirming. And we have so much to unpack with that. And what I love about, you know, the concept of trauma-informed care is one, that it, it comes from the work of Black and Brown feminists who were on the ground doing direct service work and centering survivors in their work. And now it's being applied really widely to a number of, you know, medical advocacy, various professional settings. And what's so wonderful about it is it not only understands the impact of trauma on survivors, but also on service providers and on whole communities. So really working to build strong, holistic, resilient organizations that contribute to collective and community care. So I I wanted to provide just context around that in the book, which I did, and to give people a roadmap of where to start when it comes to offering this work with compassion and also for survivors to feel held and supported in their own healing journey. There's so many different tools and, and just so much information to really understand the various trauma symptoms they might be experiencing and what are some practices they might start to integrate into their lives. So, and the affirmation deck accompanies it. And it's been so beautiful seeing the deck out in the world and seeing who has it. I mean, I've seen it in law offices and medical centers and therapists integrating it into sessions with a client. They might invite them to pull a card and that might be an anchor for the session. Yoga teachers, you know, spreading out the affirmation deck and then have inviting students to pick a card and that resonates with them. So those have been just there's, they're beautifully illustrated by Eve Andre, and it just brings me so much joy seeing them out in the world and seeing the way that people are using them. So 
that's a little bit about both of those resources. The courses are online and they're self-paced. We have a, a trauma-informed yoga certification training that's open to anyone, to healing professionals, to survivors, to yoga teachers. There are eight modules within that course that cover everything from the neurobiology of trauma, the neurophysiology of the nervous system, frameworks for teaching from a trauma-informed lens, the impact of trauma on the chakras, teaching trauma-sensitive meditation, all of that. And so, and additionally, we have an eight-week trauma-informed yoga series for survivors who might be interested in, in moving through that journey as well. Well, yes. And that's the course that I have is the eight-week yoga series for survivors that's like really powerful. I mean, and beautiful. So I can just attest for anyone listening, if, you know, they're thinking of how to work on healing without maybe being ready for going and talking to someone about it, the self-paced stuff that you offer is really excellent for that very thing, because people don't know what's going to come up. Sometimes people don't want to be in a class, you know, they don't know what might be held in their body and they don't want to lose control, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it was intentionally audio and self-paced. So survivors could move through it at their own unique nuanced pace. And you have lifetime access to, I think that's really important. So many courses will put limits on how often you can access the material. And I don't, I don't believe in that. I, I really want folks to move at their pace and we offer sliding scale and really make the course as accessible as possible. So I'm, I'm just excited that it's out there in the world and hoping that it can support folks on their healing journey. Wow. It is. It does. All of this is very, very valuable. So I'm really grateful that you created these offerings. And for all of the work that you do, can you tell people where they can find you and buy all this good stuff that you have to offer or get it from the library, but you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my website is zabiyamasaki.com and on Instagram, I'm transcending trauma with yoga, which is really the best way to kind of stay up to date on, on all the things. I have the, the books and the book and affirmation deck is available wherever books are sold. You can also find the links on my website and the courses are on my website as well under training and courses. So feel free to reach out to me with any questions. I have a couple more resources that are going to be published. Actually, there's a trauma informed yoga flip chart that I'm oh, yeah. writing, which I'm very excited about. This is going to be a teaching tool for yoga instructors and other healing professionals where essentially it's a flip chart. So on one side will be an image. For example, it might be an image of the physiological impact of PTSD on, on the body. And then on the back side, it would be talking notes for the practitioner to really be able to explain that concept in a way that feels accessible. 
um, without all the, the, you know, I, I'm a, a nervous system nerd, so I do like some of that jargon, but I also wrote it in a way that feels accessible and, and easy to understand. And also my children's book, which is called Your Joy is Beautiful, and that will be coming out next year as well. Oh, how cool. Good for you. I love that name. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm really excited about it. It's it's such a passion project and I just, you know, it's inspired by my son, but it it is actually kind of connects back to those tiny moments, those tiny magical glimmers that we experience throughout our day. It's really inspired by that concept. I love it. Well, the flip chart thing, that is great. That is so great because I know as a therapist, you know, I find that sometimes the intellectual intellectualization can get in the way for sure, but it's also having the understanding can give people something to like anchor them when they're, they're feeling like they just don't understand what's going on. And then they can sometimes get into the body more when they're mind is able to like, okay, I know what to expect, you know, exactly. so flip charts are Absolutely. excellent for that. Yes. It, it's just so affirming to yeah. have an understanding of what's going on and can feel just very validating to know, okay, wow, this explains my experience. And I know that I can get help, you know, that I'm not alone in this journey. I'm not alone in this experience. Yes. And that is so, that is such an important point to end with. So Zabi, thank you so, so much for being my guest today on Therapy Chat. I really, really enjoyed talking with you. Me too, Laura. Thank you so much. Take good care. You too. Thank you to Therapy Notes for sponsoring this week's episode. I do love Therapy Notes. It's such an asset to my business and makes my job as a practice owner and a therapist much easier. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. This episode is sponsored by The Receptionist for iPad. It's the highest rated digital check-in software for therapy offices and behavioral health clinics used by thousands of practitioners across the country. Sign up for a 14-day free trial of The Receptionist for iPad by going to thereceptionist.com slash therapy chat. And when you do, you'll also receive a $25 Amazon gift card. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Thank you.